everybody. Welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. It's your boy, Dave Neal. How's everybody doing today? I know I start every episode off the same way, asking how you're doing. I really want to know how you're doing. I'm going to give you a second to respond. How's everyone doing today? Oh, good. Good to hear. I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. I'm assuming you asked how I was doing. I know you care about your boy. It's not just about you there, Stephanie, or whoever's listening. Uh, This is a solo. You could tell this is, you know right away when it's a solo episode because I start going on rants and I don't introduce anybody else. Well, here we are. I've got uh, about a quarter cup of coffee left in my uh, mug. I have one of those motivational mugs. It says, uh, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Well, let's create a good episode today. How does that sound, everybody? Let's do a good one. I'm always um, uh, pretty, uh, I don't, I don't want to say insecure about doing solo episodes, but I never really understand um, if people are listening, uh, if they're liking these or what, but I've actually got a couple of good reviews, so we're going to keep doing them once in a while. Probably one out of every three. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've only uh, I've gone back to releasing just one episode a week. That wasn't uh, intentional. Uh, your boy Dave just got bad at doing his homework. We were traveling. You guys know this. We went to Colombia, uh, Tasha and I. And uh, for all those new to the episode, new to the podcast, if this is the first one you stumbled upon, uh, we're a garden variety of nonsense. We do sex stories, relationship talk, self help. Um, we sometimes we don't even talk about relationships. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it's I'm a comic. I do stand up. I used to work in um, the business world. I was in a fraternity, and I've always wanted friends. That's what it comes down to. That's what that's what my you know spirit I'm finding has been looking for is just solid, trustworthy friends. And that's not to say that like growing up I didn't have friends. I had I always had friends. I I like. The best thing my mom ever did for me was put me in uh, into different sports programs. I always had a team, and I've always searched for that. And I've, you know, within acting, there wasn't much of a team vibe. It was everyone, the only people you would see would be in the audition room, and then you'd uh, be competing against each other. You never felt like you are part of that team. Got involved with improv. Oh, now I'm part of a team. We win as a team. We lose as a team. They like us or they don't. It's very binary teams. You either do it or you don't. If you win, you celebrate the win together. If you lose, you, you talk shop about, ah, we should have had them. And you have a beer after the game. And that's, ah, oh, geez, I just love that about sports. And now I have that with stand-up because now it's like comics versus the audience. Like one guy has a good set. One guy has, hey, what'd you think? And like, ah, that's stiff in the audience. You hear that chick heckled, this and that. You start to see everyone. You start to make a community. And that's what my life has been about. And I'm sure you guys as well is finding a community. They always tell people when you move to a new city, uh, find a gym. Start going to a place, a home base. We, we, we have... Uh, this intrinsic need to be um, recognized in a part of something. I was gonna. I, I. I can't even begin to tell you guys how much I spend for my my local gym crunch. I'll tell you. It's it's just insane. Uh, they have all these eight dollar gyms across the country. My gym costs me about a hundred dollars a month. And uh, the, what's the benefit? You get to see some. Uh, some like B-list celebrities because it's West Hollywood. You see, it's funny working out next to someone and being like, I think I watch 
your TV show. Like it was funny. Tasha and I were working out in the um, the chick from uh, what's it called Vice Principal, the HBO show. That she's like a blonde chick. She's not famous. It's funny when you run into non-famous people because like at the same place I ran into John Voight and like dude he's famous. Angelina Jolie's dad. Angelina Jolie's dad. Um, He's, you know, in a national, um, you treasure all these fucking films. Yeah, he's super famous. So it's like, oh, that's John Voight, you know, right away. But when someone's like a B-list celebrity, you don't necessarily know their name. You just think you're friends with them. That's what, I mean, that's what happens with me. We run it, you you see people, like, and I remember the chick from Vice Principals walked by and Tasha, like, said hi. Like, oh, hey, because you just assume your your brain with subconsciously is like, oh, I know them. And in real life, you don't. You just watch them on TV. And they're most likely good people, but they're also not famous. So they're not used to getting recognized either. Like, I'm sure Brad Pitt at this point knows when he walks through an airport, everyone's looking at him. But like the B-list actors thinks, do I know that fucking guy? Did we go to school together? Anyway, what's the point of it all? Aren't we here just to be friends? Are we friends? Are you guys friends with me? Because I'll tell you what, I listen to um, some really awesome podcasts and I feel like I'm friends with the hosts. And I wonder if you guys feel like you're friends with me because I don't know a lot of you. Judging by the numbers, I've only got uh, X amount of friends and we have a pretty uh, pretty healthy you know, 15,000 downloads a month right now. So tell me about you. I want to know you guys. I want to know who's listening. Uh, I care. I do. It's interesting to know that I'm talking to somebody. I know we've got um, a couple who listens in uh, uh, Orange County. I know we've got a, I know we've got people coast to coast and outside the country who listen. And uh, it's, it's cool to know that I'm talking to somebody. Anyway, it doesn't feel like it right now because I'm alone in my kitchen. What's going on with me? So we got back from Columbia Sunday night. And I know my last episode we released, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get burned. Oh, fuck. Did I get burned? Uh, we were in the Caribbean and apparently the sun's a little stronger down there. I still blame the um, the spray sunblock because I put spray sunblock on and it didn't do shit. The funny thing about my burn that I got is it was the most... Um, level burn I've ever had in my life. It wasn't like blisters on my shoulders or just this or that. My whole body was equally scorched. Go to my Instagram at dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. And, and, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was, I was so burned that I got a, I got into the shower and I just heard Tasha giggling and I look over and she's just looking at my white ass and she's taking photos of me as I'm just naked. There's something about a naked ass that is so vulnerable. Like you just can't, Look like a tough guy at that point. And I had the whitest ass and the most burnt back. Um, I, I, you know, full disclosure, because people were like, oh my gosh, you should go to the doctor, this and that. I, uh, I put a filter on it. So it was, yeah, it was a bad burn, but I, I should have not used a filter so people could see what it actually looked like. But um, the filter made it look like I was going to die. Um, sure enough, it took a couple days of like kind of pain, but. Honestly, it didn't like blister or peel or anything. So I think my skin was just that white that the Caribbean sun scorched it. Just just um, teach me a lesson. Anyway, we had a blast in Colombia, and I don't want to make this a whole... Uh, this isn't a vacation episode where I just tell you how great Colombia is, but it fucking was. It was great knowing that we weren't getting ripped off. I mean, and I'm sure they were still taking advantage of us, but we were having like full dinners, tons of drinks, all this for like chump change. I remember the, the night I got to see my buddy Vincent. I drank... We Combined, we had 12, 14 drinks, and the bill ended up being like 30 bucks a person. 
and I don't know, I don't know if maybe if you listen in the Midwest or something, then you're like, ah, that's not much of a deal. Living in LA, you're gonna spend eight bucks, nine, I don't know. Anyway, it was fun. It was great to hang out and and just not be not not be like inundated with the Western world. I know it still is the Western world in Colombia, but at least it's not in English. It was nice to just know that there's something else out there that um you know, I didn't have to understand all the, you know, like uh, conversations with people became very basic. It became very, um, very physical how we explained things because, you know, you just weren't understanding each other. So it's interesting to, to see how quickly the human condition can, um, can communicate and um, share a smile when we're not speaking the same language. That was fun. Speaking about communicating, you know, like that's, that's the foray of that you know that's the inspiration of this podcast it's communication it's not just getting laid uh it's not just finding the woman of your dreams it's about communicating in a way that is enriching inspiring that makes us want to be better better for ourselves for our family for the family we don't have yet i want to be a cool dad i want to have money, but not just because I did some soulless job. I want to create. Taking a sip of my coffee now. I had some uh, wireless headphones sent to me. I'm not going to advertise them because they were, uh, they were a gift, but um, they, uh, they, I'm wearing them right now. They're, they're Bluetooth wireless headphones and they, um, they have, vo- uh, they have, uh, what's it called? Audio, what's it? Noise cancelling, canceling technology. And, um, I got them because Audible is now paired up with Rooftop Comedy and they found an old clip of mine and wanted to use it uh, on one of their um, uh, radio stand-up shows. And so they said, oh, we're going to use your clip. It's a minute long. I was like, yeah, no big deal. And they said, oh, and because uh, you want us, you're letting us use your clip, we're going to send you some uh, headphones. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking... So the headphones came in the box. And like, sure, like they are getting their money's worth. No, not, there's no such thing as a free lunch economics, right, guys? They're using my stand-up I created, but it's cool to think that I wrote a joke and and I polished it and then I told it at a comedy club and then people laughed and it was uploaded to the internet and then it was you know, Audible found it and that they and then now I get headphones because I made somebody laugh. It's a funny world we have that when we do what we're supposed to do creatively we're rewarded for it in ways that we don't even want. Like a poet isn't looking to buy you know, a mansion from, he just has to be a poet. He has to do that. A screenplay, someone who's a writer has to do that. And then the reward is that other people relate to that, which you're sharing this podcast. For instance, I ask for no money, nothing in return. The best, the best thing I can get, the best thing I can get is hearing on social media or a private message that somebody related to, to some of my, some of the shit that I'm dealing with. And I'm dealing with shit guys. I'm out here in Los Angeles, I know it looks like it's all palm trees and, and sun, but uh, it, is a, it is a very manipulating society we live in. People have their own agenda. A lot of people have past trauma and hurt that they're dealing with, and it shows up with really bad traffic. That's what it comes down to is really bad traffic. And just people, people hold on to their shit. We hold on to all of our past issues, and we bring them up and dredge them through our life how do we get over our past issues and be the best person we can be today? Easy question to ask. Hard answer. 
Can you remember the last time you got mad at your mom over something stupid? Was it about that thing or was it about 25 years ago when you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas? You know what I mean? And I'm not, to, not, I'm not trying to trivialize our past issues. I'm just saying we all are harboring hate, anger, resentment, and other negative feelings that are keeping us from truly, from truly dancing like nobody's watching. There isn't one of us that is 100% on our own, liberated, free from the shackles of our past. And if you are, and if you feel that way, you probably aren't addressing some issues that you have. You are, because the, you know, I've had I've had people respond to this podcast and go, ah, Dave, you sound so codependent. Yeah, I'm talking about my shit. And I'm not, no, I sound defensive in this hype. I created a hypothetical and I just defended it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm talking it out. I I live a life. uh, Tasha's finally making fun of me because she found a couple gray hairs in me. I'm 32. I got maybe six gray hairs. You might count 10 depending on who's looking, but the pride that I've had is that I'm addressing, and especially in the last 10 years or so, really addressing my issues so I can move forward free of those shackles. Am I free today? No, I'm not. But I see the shackles, and it's important that we see them to know where we need to you know, address our issues because they're there. And uh, hey, and I know if you're, if you're new, you're going, geez, what the fuck, Dave? You're, uh, you're supposed to be funny. This is supposed to be a comedy sex podcast. We're going to have some fun, folks, but we're also going to talk about some real shit. I don't want to scare you away. I just want to talk about, today I want to talk about anger. I want to talk about anger. And um, I read an article. Um, it's kind of silly. It was on, um, I got to credit them, right? It's on maritalhealing.com. And it was a pretty spiritual article. They incorporated, uh, they, they, they seem to reference a lot of uh, Catholics, which is interesting because um, I'm not going to talk about this in a religious type of way. We're going to be more spiritual. And coming from a Catholic family, uh, maybe I could relate to this uh, writing. All I'm going to say is I Googled um, how to deal with anger because <clears throat> I'm, fi- I'm figuring out that I don't deal well with anger. I personally don't think I create, uh, I personally don't feel I'm angry, but my response to anger is with more anger. Does that make sense? So I don't start, I don't just kick the door down and go, oh, fuck you, your mother. Like, I don't, I don't have that drunk rage or that, or, or you know, what, but I, in a defensive way, very defensive, if someone's angry, chances are I'm assuming it's my fault. And especially this happens in relationships. I can have a friend who's angry, but if I don't see them every day or I know that something else caused it, we don't have that cause and effect that we have with the relationships. In a relationship, and, and this means spouse, a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, son, it's a dynamic push and a pull. It's a chemical reaction we have to each other to keep this tribe alive. And anger, it's a weird fucking thing. Where do we learn our anger from? Chances are our parents. Uh, by parent, I, I mean your biological parents, but I could also mean an older brother, a sibling, a cousin, uncle, coach. Somebody, somebody taught us how to act. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of men, they say, get their anger from their fathers. 
Uh, if you know me, you know I wasn't raised by my father. I never met him. My mom left my dad when she was pregnant with me. I couldn't possibly get my anger from my father. Um, I don't know enough about myself to really understand where I'm so sensitive. Why am I so sensitive? Why do I feel that someone else's anger is my fault? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, is it an empath thing? You know, a lot of stand-up comedians are empaths. We're empathic. We, you know, how do I, let me, what's the proper definition of an empath? I'm going to go with saying it's just somebody who feels somebody else's emotions. And it's a fucking, it's a fucked up thing being an empath. And uh, most people probably are. Uh, most people feel others' emotions. I mean, if you walk into a room with negative energy, whoa, stay away. I mean, that's a fucking color. You can see the orb of negativity around that black hole. Empath. A person with a paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. Look, I'm not bragging. I wouldn't call it a paranormal ability. I think a lot of people are empaths. Do you feel the emotional state of another individual? Do you become more empathic the more you live with someone? You know what pisses somebody off. My problem is this. If I'm dealing with a spouse, I say spouse, where, you, know, you know, the person I'm loving, if I see them upset... Do I immediately think it's my fault? Sometimes. And it's sometimes I need them to say, oh, I had a bad day. It's not, it's sorry, babe, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going through things. Oh, okay. I know it's not me. But if we both get up out of bed and then all of a sudden my, my spouse is angry about something, of course I think it's my fault. Oh, what did I do now? But do, but do, do you immediately go to, oh, babe, you seem upset. I mean, sometimes, sometimes in, in the right instance, you go that way. But in a lot of times, if the other person's angry, you double down on this barbaric anger. It's just like our dog, right? So like the dog's a happy-go-lucky guy. But if you try to sneak up on him while he's eating food, he's going to turn around and try to bite you because in his bones, he knows he needs to defend the fact that he needs fuel to survive. And that's when dogs, you can't, you can't give a bunch of dogs the same dog bowl. You just can't. They're going to fight. Because that, that, that's ingrained in them. And, and with humans, in relationships, uh, there's something about anger that creates more anger. And either you deal with it in the right way or you hold a lot of resentment. And resentment doesn't get you anything, folks. It might end the relationship, but you're going to bring that resentment to the next one. And baggage is a real thing. And an empath sees it. And I'm sure a lot of people don't. You might not understand. How come my past relationships aren't working? I'm a good person. I bet you are. We're all good people. We all intend to be, unless you're a psychopath. I mean, really, unless you're a psychopath, you mean well. Even, even, a, even a murderer in a gang somewhere deep inside thinks he's doing the right thing for his people that he needs to do to survive. He's probably wrong. He's misguided. But we have to give people the benefit that they mean well. Anger. How do we deal with it? I read this stupid article. I picked apart a few points. Let's just go through it. There's two types of anger. <clears throat> and by the way, I'm not a marriage counselor. All right. This, let's just break the ice right here. Let's have a talk. But if you have serious issues, you should find, some, find somebody who, who can really open, you know, take the blinders off. But this is taking the blinders off for me. There's two types of anger. I can't be responsible for somebody else's anger all the time. I know what you're thinking. Dave, maybe you're a piece of shit. Maybe they have a right to be angry. Well, that's healthy. That's called appropriate anger. If you 
can figure out how you cause somebody else's anger, of course. If you said you were going to be home at 7, you came home at 8.30, you didn't warn them, the dinner's cold, maybe you should apologize, you sack of shit, right? I mean, you did something wrong. You, you, you violated the, the, the basic communication that you guys should have. Um, the type of anger I want to talk about today is inappropriate anger, also called excessive or misdirected. Excessive anger, misdirected anger. It's something you can't control. If someone else is angry, maybe it's because their job didn't go well or the traffic or whatever it is, but if they brought it home, it's not your fault. Spouses who overreact or misdirect their anger, blame, they blame their other spouse for the painful feelings. They do not admit that they overreact. A stubborn refusal to consider that they too may have unresolved family of origin conflicts. Unresolved family of origin conflicts. Hey, we're a family now. We have spouses. We have kids. This is hypothetical. I don't have kids. We have kids. We've got a whole family. But I'm talking about who genetically programmed you from birth. How can you forgive your parents or whoever it is, but we're going to stick with the parent parental term, for whatever they wronged you with as a child to make ourselves happier today? Did I lose you guys? Are we on board here? Understanding. It's all about fucking understanding. You have to understand that if your spouse is angry, it's not necessarily your fault. Yes, there's that one type of anger, appropriate anger, where it would be your fault. You're a sack of shit. You showed up late, whatever. You slapped your uh, girlfriend's sister's ass. Whatever it is, you fucked up. You got to apologize. That's a different conversation. And they have to forgive you, but maybe it takes time. I always want instant forgiveness. Babe, I apologize. Just forgive me. Let's get over it. What are you doing? Some people just can't forgive at the same rate as others. I'm kind of like a, um, I'm a, I'm a heated, I'm a hot and cool guy, you know, like on a sports team. Like one second, you're fucking, you know, like I'm on pitching in, in the shortstop, uh, you know, like if, if, if I throw, throw a pitch, nice splitter, low and away, the fucking lefty has to reach out for it, ground ball to the shortstop, easy play, 6-3 out. What does he do? He bobbles it. He throws it over. It's an error. E6, the runner gets to third. Next guy hits a sack fly, tag, scores. I lose the game. Initially, I'm fucking mad at the shortstop. What the fuck, man? You got to make that play, right? I'm mad at him. He looks at me. He goes, he, he beats his, he, uh, he pounds his chest. He goes, that's on me. My bad. And I'm immediately like, all right, I got you. <laughs> like you admitted you're wrong. You admitted you're wrong. I got you. Let's move on. Right. But if uh, the shortstop uh, botches the ball and does all this and uh, throws it over the first base. And if he looks at me and he just has no remorse, he has no feeling like he did something wrong. That's going to fucking piss me off. That's going to keep me mad the next day. I'm going to be like, you know what? Fuck that guy. He's not a team player, right? He fucked up. Just admit you fucked up and we move on. And I don't need you to, I don't need to rub your nose in it. You really fucked up this time, you fucking piece of shit. This is why your dad left you. I don't need that. Hey, I got it. My bad. That's all it is. I don't need, I don't need, I'm not, my, I don't have great expectations with apologies. And, and sometimes you realize the other person just literally can't apologize and you have to forgive them anyway. The, the, um, the virtue of forgiving somebody that's not apologizing might be the greatest gift 
we can give ourselves. You think you're giving the other person the gift. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to forgive you. I'm giving it to you. You're not forgiving. You're forgiving them, but you're giving yourself the chance to move on. And we lack so much of that in our life. We lack the ability to move on from past wrongs. We've all been fucked. I've been so fucked over. Um, and in past relationships, who hasn't? I forgive them. I forgive my exes because we were in such a young, uh, naive place. I think of the times I was cheated on because, A, I didn't lay out the ground rules for how much I liked the person and we didn't know we were going steady and I felt cheated on, but she felt like we were casual because I wanted to play it cool. All those, all those stories. I was wrong. I didn't communicate well. I forgive you. You did the best you can. You hurt me. I feel a lot of hurt, but I forgive you. Um, it is not too often I have dreams about past relationships. And I don't mean this sexually. I mean this in a way where like you have, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys are listening. It's, it's a weird taboo. You can't just tell your, uh, your girlfriend, oh, I dreamed about my ex last night. I mean, <laughs> you just can't, right? But a lot of times it's important if you acknowledge, oh shit, why do I keep dreaming about Stephanie? What the fuck is it? It's not sexual, but I keep getting upset about it. I'm burned. My subconscious is still angry about that. How can you imagine if you're dreaming about some anger you have from a past relationship, do you really think you're not bringing that into your current? You are. We all are. And it's important to release that pain, not bury it, because it won't go away. It's within us. We're carrying it. You might say it's part of our bags, baggage. Understanding. Forgiveness is possible through a process of attempting to understand the emotional development of a spouse. A growing awareness that a spouse's behavior can be attributed to that emotional scar spouse loved as much as he or she was capable of. I'm going to repeat that. A growing awareness that a spouse's behavior can be attributed to their emotional scars. Spouse loved as much as he or she was capable of. Rarely is the pain deliberately inflicted. Process of forgiveness enhances the ability to understand a spouse's behavior because anger decreases. If you forgive somebody, you have less anger towards them. Forgive their anger. Know that it's not your battle, which feels so hard. If you're listening to me and you've, and you've felt somebody else's anger and there's no other variables and you're living under the same roof, it is so hard. It is so hard to forgive the situation and know that you didn't cause that anger. Again, there are types of anger that you did cause. All right, you left your shoes out, they stepped on it and rolled their ankle, and they're going to be mad for six to eight weeks until the swelling goes down, right? That's, there, there is appropriate uh, anger, and it's still up to them to like know that even, if, even, even in appropriate anger, with an apology, you should get over it. Um, but in this instance, you got to forgive the other person's pain. This is the, one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to deal with. I, I truly mean this, is forgiving somebody else's pain. Anger is sadness. And sadness is something we can't always feed. We talk about the, the love languages and, and, and putting whatever energy you need into the other person's well, whether it's affirmations, gifts, uh, quality time, all of this. Sometimes, no matter how much you give, it's not enough. And it's important during that feeling to know that you've done the best you can and all you can be is sympathetic and and forgiving of them 
a growing awareness that a spouse's behavior can be attributed to their emotional scars. And you know what? We all have them. I've got emotional scars. We all have them. How do we take those scars and not, you know what I mean? Not hold the other, because trust me, with anger, you would not be angry if you fully understood what caused your anger. You wouldn't. It's, it, that's the ironic thing about it. If you understood that that stubbed toe or you're late for work, or if you could really understand what caused all that, you wouldn't just yell at your uh, spouse because they're laying on the couch because they don't have your issue. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, geez. It's, it's, I wrote this all down and I don't know if I'm making sense. So I'm going to really need you guys to write to me, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. This is an important one, folks. Write to me. Let me know what you're thinking about this. I want to build a case study on anger. I really do. You know, comics, the funny thing about comedy is comedy is, you know, what they say, it's, uh, it's like sadness plus time or tragedy plus time, right? But a lot of comedy is just a negative, um, it's just a negative uh, perception on something. You get mad at something. So I actually don't ha- lead a life that I, I don't get mad about too many things, but I get mad about very specific little things. And I think it's the, that minutia that's funny when you're talking about, you know, the very specific things that you get upset about. Um, so that's so, so yeah, so it's, um, it's about, it's about, but you know, I want to live a life where I don't feel anger, but I want to address the things that still get under my skin. Cause if it's under your skin and you feel it, you can let it go. But if you don't feel it and you're just reactionary, uh, that's the, that's the ego, right? The ego is the one. And I was told this. I remember someone told me this in college. They go, Dave, you're very sensitive. And it was a guy. A guy told me this. And, um, and I remember him saying it, but I was also like, man, fuck you. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're, very, you're very sensitive, Dave. And I'm like, ah, go fuck yourself. I'll show you who's sensitive. Uh, but it's true. Very sensitive. Uh, you know, the, the feelings I feel, it's like a... It's like being at a rock concert. It's so loud. It's so loud, the, the ego and feeling like you're being wronged. And getting offended is another thing that if we can decide on a daily basis to not be offended by other people, we can do a lot of good. We really can because you'll find a way to be offended by everything. Every job you don't get, call back. The audience doesn't like me. My girlfriend sleeps in and doesn't tell me she loves me when I leave. All the little things that might not have anything to do with me, nothing to do with me, we have to let them go. I have, I don't want to say I've mastered, but I've done a very good job of walking out of this door and not being offended by what happens out in Los Angeles? What happens out in the city? I, I don't get offended in traffic. I don't raise my voice. I don't have road rage. I don't care who cuts me off. I don't give a fuck. And maybe if I had kids in the back seat, I would get, maybe I would be a little more, hey, fuck you, man. But right now, I am a cool cucumber out there. My issue is what happens under my roof. I get offended at anger. I get offended because I try because deep down I know I'm trying to be a good guy. I don't mean to say this in a way that's patting myself on the back. I'm just saying I have an issue because I do get offended when I cannot make other people happy that I truly want to be happy. And I get in a, in a, in a, it bums me out. And a lot of times it's like, oh, you're not happy? Why? I did this for you. Hey, I, I did the dishes. I do the laundry every Wednesday. Why the fuck aren't you happy? 
how do you think that turns out? When I, when I, when I, because now I'm angry at them and I'm resentful and I'm pulling apart this savings account of indecencies that were done against me. Just to show you, I've done everything you asked. I've done the dishes. This is done. We just went on vacation. Why aren't you happy? What have I done wrong that has made you not happy? And then I'm upset. You know what I haven't done? Understood. I haven't, for, I haven't forgave. And that's the hard part. Each spouse brings a past hurt. Failure to resolve resentment from past hurts with a parent, sibling, or former dating partner. Resentment is released unconsciously under certain types of stress or pressure. Oh, you're telling me when we're late uh, for the camping trip we're supposed to go on and we're trying to find out how to pack the thing on the roof, you're telling me that's not a good time to start a fight? (laughs) Do you guys know what I mean? Let me read that last one. Resentment is released unconsciously under certain types of stress or pressure. So basically every time my girlfriend and I have had to pack our bags to go on a vacation, we probably started a fight. Interesting, right? So what I've learned uh, is that I have to cover, like I've learned to be better at organizing um, outwardly, which means sharing my calendar with my girlfriend, uh, sharing information with as many people as I can, because I know what's, I, I know what I know in my head. I know where I have to be, but if my girl doesn't know where I am, and I'm not saying like, where are you right now? I'm just saying if I, you know, like today, take today, for example, podcasting, it's 9 a.m., uh, I'm going to go to the gym, work out, then I'm going to go to a callback at 1 p.m. for a commercial. And then after that, I've got um, a few different meetings. Uh, filming a man on the street. I'm doing some random, very random stuff today. Tonight, uh, maybe I'll do a, a, an open mic. I'm working on a new, some new jokes. Um, I got attacked by a bird on Monday, so I'm writing a new joke about that. A hawk thought my hair was a robin's nest. <laughs> this is no joke. <sighs> the fucking bird hit me hard. It, it swooped down, and it's it's fucking claw try to try to rob my man bun how's that for a visual so i'm telling people you know like i might be doing well socioeconomically but i'm not doing well national geographically do you understand like the hawk has something out for the old white guy um anyway what are we talking about yeah it's about it's about um it's about forgiving and and just Boy, this might sound redundant, but, um, you know, honestly, fuck it. If one person, and and someone always does, when I open up, somebody always writes to me. If one person relates to me right now, and you're able to call your mom and have a good conversation and not resent or not bring up something stupid, then you know what? I'll cheers to that because it's it's about really understanding that they did the best they could, and now we're going to do the best we could. And you know what? The best we can do is probably better than the best they could do because they didn't grow up with the internet where you could just Google how to resolve anger issues. They just had the cards they were dealt. And what we have now is this podcast called Sex Actually. We have the chance to actually look at ourselves in the mirror and say we're going to be better. We're going to do better, and we're going to pass that on to our kids, and we're all going to be better for it. Some people blame excessively and exclusively, and we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to accept if our spouse does that, and we're going to know that it's their anger, and we're going to have compassion for them. Childhood emotional trauma with parents. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. I mean, did any, I mean, you know, every girlfriend I dated had a boyfriend that fucked them up before then. And then, and then what do I look like? The same guy. I look like the guy that's going to fuck them up. 
you think they don't trust me right away? I can't tell you how many times I've been on dates with girls where I've been nice to them and, and done, you know, insp- and, you know, charming, and they go, oh, boy, this is trouble. Why is it trouble? Oh, because the last guy was charming and you caught him cheating on you and this and that or he had or it was emotionally toxic. And my own issues with codependency mean that I have problems with other people's jealousy. I've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Tasha booked a trip to Miami with some friends. You know, they they obviously invited her. She wasn't planning it, but I was like, go, babe, go. But just know that if I went, you'd be really upset. And then what am I doing? I'm holding this weird resentment knowing she's going to be upset if I have a man weekend. And it doesn't end of the day, it doesn't do us any good to compare that way. You do want an equal relationship and I still struggle. This is why I struggle with mine is because I still want Tasha to know if she's listening. Hi, Tasha. Um, please make sure to rate and review this episode. And now she already has. Uh, if, um, if even Stevens is a weird thing, but jealousy it goes back and forth and we don't always know. We think we're doing the right thing. We might not be. So my relationship has to deal with many crazy obstacles. Here's one. Tasha has to deal with me being at, um, at bars and nightclubs and comedy clubs where there are single women and drinks around and I get to perform on stage. And if I do well, the, the people want to talk to me and it's a social environment for me. And it's a, uh, Stand-up is a very um, amazing thing in the sense that I get to feel this amazing high after I perform. A real amazing high. Can't explain it. If you don't do well, you feel the exact opposite. But it's a, it's a rush of a feeling, and she doesn't get to feel that. So there's been times when she's been at shows. I remember this one time. She was at a show I had. I had a great set. I had a fun time. It was a blast. I get off stage, and she's like ready to go. And I'm like... Uh, yeah, well, let me just hang for a little while. I needed to be there with like some comics. Hey, good set, man. I needed that. And it sounds crazy. And you, you probably think I sound super needy to be like, why did you need this, the, the adoration of others? Because just trust me, it's just, that's what fuels us. We get on stage. We say how it is. Audience laughs. End of the show. They say, hey, good set, man. You go, oh, thanks, buddy. And it just feels good. It's just, sorry that it feels good. You know what I mean? I can't explain it. It's a little needy. I get it, but it feels good. But she was like, hey, can we go? Like, it's over. You, it's done. And I, and I was like, <sighs> I was like, you know, you got you to gotta tell me, like, good set. Like, every comic who performs, like last night, I had a shit set. And like two different girl comics came up to me and they go, oh, man, funny stuff. And it's something, we're not oblivious to the fact that it wasn't a great set. It's just that you're so emotionally raw on stage that you really, it really helps. And other comics understand that. And if you have a bad set, another comic can laugh it off with you more so than just a random audience member. You can be like, oh shit, I fucking ate it. Ooh, and then the other comic will be like, yeah, they fucking suck. Fuck them. And then you have this peas in a pod. Fuck them. They suck. We'll do it better next time type of vibe. That's what you need in a relationship. But a lot of times, like Tasha, she can't understand how I feel on stage. So we get off stage and she doesn't really say much. And she knows the audience liked me. I had a great set. So she go- she doesn't feel like she needs to give me any affirmations. But in in looking back on this specific instance, it's like, no, you're my girl. You're the one I'm trying to impress, not these assholes. I need you to be like, babe, that was a good set. I don't, need you to, I don't need it to go on for hours. I need you to smile, kiss me, and go, you're fucking funny. Because it's a survival thing. And that's what I need. And um, is, it, is it needy that I need that? Yep, it is. Is it too much to ask for? Probably not. But how did that night go, folks? How do you think that went? We went to get ice cream across the street. And um, 
and I was and I was building this resentment that she didn't tell me I had a good set. I was. She wanted to go home. She had she had her own things going on that probably wasn't my fault, but I still took it personally, and I got mad at her. And uh, and I'm not saying I was like fuck you, you whore. No, but you know when someone's mad at you, and I was mad, and I was like, you know what? Had a good set. Didn't get anything out of you. We're doing ice cream. What more? Did, what more do you want? You know what I mean? It's date night. What more do you want? And um, that ended with cold ice cream on the dashboard in a long 45-minute ride home in quiet. And it wasn't good. And I, and I was so upset about that. What I should have done better in the moment is, first of all, taking a breath, uh, enjoyed my own happiness. But I can't tell you how many times I've gone off stage happy and then not been able to, to kind of like bring that into my relationship or whatever else. And that's because I can't control somebody else's happiness. So I've got my happiness I just found, but not theirs. And it's how do we burn that fire together? And I don't have an answer. How do we burn that fire together? And it happens that, you know, you might have a good week of work and get a bonus and your your partner might be happy for you, but they're unemployed and they're resenting the fact that you're thriving and it's it's fucked up. But it's like, how do we just lower the expectation of others, forgive them, and just and just try to move on. I don't know, guys. Help your spouse reconcile their parental issues. And by parental, again, that means issues they had with their parents, but it also might mean their past relationship issues. Here's what, here's what, here's what it says we should say. So say this with me. If you have issues with a spouse or, or a mom or something, I want to understand and forgive you for all the ways you have hurt me and for how this pain makes it difficult for me to trust. I want to understand and forgive you for all the ways you have hurt me and for how this pain makes it difficult for me to trust. Don't be a prisoner of the past. Folks, don't be a prisoner of the past. Whether it's our anger or our spouse's anger or anyone around us's anger, if we can control how we, are, how we feel with it, we are releasing the shackles. Individuals who express anger excessively are more depressed than those who do not overreact in anger. If someone's angry, chances are they need a hug. Does it mean that they'll let you hug them? Probably not. Probably not. And that's, that's, that's where, that's the hard part is that you have to sort of know that somebody's upset and angry and not respond with that anger as well. Uh, Virtue, virtues which decrease anger. The Oxford University Press and American Psychological Association, uh, Dr. Chris Peterson of the University of Michigan, uh, blah, 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 uh, released numerous benefits from the development of virtues. Over the past 40, 40 years, I've seen growth in the following virtues to be very beneficial in diminishing marital anger. Understanding. I'm going to read the virtues. Understanding. And by the way, any of these virtues, if you Google like of one of these virtues in a mantra, you'll find positive ways to feel these feelings. I'll Google one at the end. Uh, understanding, compassion, patience, generosity, gentleness, love, trust, courage, chastity. I don't like that one. <laughs> As I told you, it was a Catholic article. Detachment, temperance, faith, humility. Humility is a good one. Because a mantra has to be positive. So you can't just say, 
help me not be human, you know, have humility anymore or, 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 you know what I mean? Humility is a positive term. It's humility mantra. So it's about it. And I'm Googling this for the first time. So maybe this mantra might suck, but it's about taking these virtues and really trying to feel them. And all you can hope for is that your significant other sort of just is a sponge to the positive virtues you're having. I mean, I'm telling you guys, I've got my own shit. I'm not, I'm not practicing these virtues when I'm dealing with my spouse's anger. I'm not, I'm not practicing temperance and detachment in the moment. Sometimes I'll feel that way after I've cooled down, but in the moment I'm fucking angry. How dare you be angry at me? The day just started. What is wrong with us? There is a wisdom in humility beyond any education or experience. The wisest amongst us are also the most humble, knowing that no knowledge they can attain is as vast as the infinite wisdom of the universe. The humble are content and peaceful, and they have and all and all they have is a gift from the divine, and they freely offer it back should it be required, for there's infinite supply. I salute thee, the primal one, pure, in the beginning through all time. That's a stupid that, sorry, that one's like translated from some Hindu thing, so it's like uh, the Hindu mantra. I told you I wasn't going to find the, the best one. Find a mantra that works for you for dealing with anger, for dealing with others. Learn how to apologize. If they've wronged you, apology is a weird thing. I've always said this. I've always said this. No matter, no matter the fight, if you're having a fight with your spouse, find something you did wrong and apologize for it. Am I right? Or am I wrong? Is the, finding something wrong and apologizing for it could be very good, but could it also be sweeping the other person's problems under the rug? I'll be honest with you. I've had plenty of arguments where I found something to apologize for and my Sago didn't. And there's been plenty of arguments where they apologized right away. Don't get me wrong. There's been plenty of arguments that could have been a bad day at the park, but instead we hugged it, we kissed it, and we said, no, that's not what we want to do. We love each other, and that's more important because the simple feeling of love is the highest energy frequency we can have. Um, feeling hate, anger, um, sadness is such a low energy that it's not going to lift up your day no matter what. If you love others and they love you back unconditionally, the hate and the anger will dissipate. And that's the hard part is that I do believe I love my significant other. I do believe she loves me. There is an anger and a sadness that comes with the territory that I have to realize that it, I, it is greater than me. And I have to kind of bow down to that and say, you know what? I cannot control your anger or your problems. I cannot react in a way that makes it worse because then I almost prove your point. If you're angry and I punch a hole through the wall, the whole conversation is now about the hole I punched through the wall, you asshole. <laughs> right? So it takes a fucking saint to not overreact, to listen and to say, you know what? You don't have a right to be angry at me. You don't. And I feel bad for this situation right now. And I'm not saying you tell that person that, but sometimes if they're angry, it's not about you. Don't be a don't be a rug that they can walk all over. Don't. But don't you don't don't stick to your ego too and be like, you know what? Fuck you. 
another person won't treat me like this. Look, we've all got issues. And that's what it comes down to. You only expose the issues when you get closer to their heart. You know what I mean? You don't meet a stranger and go, oh, geez, they're fucking perfect. They must be a perfect person. No. The more you get to know them, the more you realize they've got baggage, they've got scars. And the thing with scar tissue is it repairs the skin, right? And it makes the skin stronger, but um, it's ugly. (laughs) Scars are ugly. And uh, I'm sharing them with you folks. Fuck, right? I'm sharing my scars with you. I got a hawk attacking me. What does that say? Fucking hawk scared the shit out of me. Worst part about it was that I didn't fight back. Like, it hit me. I'm running down the street. And these two Mexican guys, that's just what they were. They, they were like doing construction across the street. They just stopped and looked at me. And I thought a homeless guy threw like a, it felt like a homeless guy threw a beer can at me. But, it, what, but, it, but then I looked back and I saw that there was a gigantic bird. I mean, it must have had a three or four foot wingspan. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. It was a big enough bird that it thought it could steal me. You know what I mean? So I Googled bird attacks and I found that like, you know, eagles can kill mountain goats. Uh, they, they pretty much just knock them off of the stoop, right? They'll be hanging on some mountain and they'll just like drag them off a cliff. Then they die. It's the same way they kill uh, turtles. They'll pick a turtle up and just fly really high and drop it on its shell. You got some fucked up shit, birds. Birds do some fucked up shit. Anyway, I need to practice forgiveness for that hawk. Hawk, I forgive you. I want to understand and forgive you for all the ways you have hurt me mainly by trying to steal my man bun and for how this pain makes it difficult for me to trust. Yes, I no longer want to have a man bun and trust hawks when I'm running through the neighborhood. This is what you've done to me, hawk. But I forgive you because I know that the hawk wasn't trying to anger me. The hawk was just trying to find a mouse or a, or a robin's nest to rob. He was just trying to survive. And maybe that hawk had to feed its kids. Who knows? In relationships, we're just trying to survive. I tell you what, I challenge each one of you, and I'm challenging myself, let's just try to thrive. Fuck survival. Aren't we past that? We are surviving. We've already proven that. Let's thrive. Let's expose ourselves. Let's, let's get on the phone and call our moms, our dads, our siblings. Let's make a phone call or say hi to the McDonald's guy at the drive-thru, which, by the way, this one guy, I, I can't... He's this dude, it's, he's, he's a young black guy, and he works at the McDonald's, and he always, I go to this one drive-thru, because there's no like Starbucks or anything else in the area, so I go, I go to this one uh, McDonald's once in a while, I get a light cream, no sugar, I, I'm doing better, I'm off the sugar, a little chocolate at night, uh, forgive me, for it's not your fault, I am an addict, uh, I go to this McDonald's, and he's always, not like overly cheery, like, hey neighbor, He's just a nice guy, and, and it's weird because we always have this connection. I thank him, and it's hard to do when you work in fast-serve restaurants. You know what I mean? Anyway, I notice people when they treat me with that extra modicum of love, respect, presence. And I know you guys do too, so let's put the phone down next time we're walking and say hi to somebody, and let's just start rolling the dice. It's a topsy-turvy time out there right now with our society, with politics, with divisiveness, but aren't we all fucking beating hearts, and don't we want the best for each other and ourselves? So let's put the ego away and just be kind. Subscribe to this. That'll be kind for me. <laughs> Leave me a review. Sex Actually Podcast. Just search Sex Actually on your, in your iTunes, on your, on your podcast app. It'll say reviews. Write a review. Click it. Write us a nice five-star review. Um, those reviews 
I know you think I'm needy and I do love reading them, but those reviews help us get bumped to a better searchability place. The better searchability we have, the more people that download, the better chance we have of getting sponsors. Maybe uh, maybe if we uh, get a bigger following, I'll, per- I'll have enough folks to perform stand-up in your little town and we'll go over there and we'll, play, we'll do some stand-up. And I know you'll tell me I had a nice set afterwards because you won't want me to get angry at the ice cream parlor. And uh, guys, I'm not that fucked up. I'm just sharing it with you how I feel. It's amazing when I do these solo podcasts that I, I can even hit 52 minutes because uh, I, I can't stand to, to hear myself think. Um, but uh, hopefully hopefully we made it out alive. I know some people that, you know, we'll, we, do, we were doing as many of the, um, you know, in, interview podcasts as possible. That's a whole different energy. The last ones have been amazing. If you listen to the one with Jonesy and uh, the Tosh and I are always going back and forth, they're, they're, they're fucking blast. This is just a different thing where this is more classroom. And by all means, don't think I'm the teacher here. I am the student and I'm learning this too. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the past, right? So what do you say, guys? Ready to uh, take off the shackles? Let me know. Sex Actually Pod on Instagram. Sex Actually Pod on Twitter. Sex Actually Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. If you guys want to see uh, my videos, um, Sex Actually Podcast is on Facebook. Or just find me, my personal page, Dave Neal on Facebook. D Neal's on Instagram if you want to see my sunburnt body. But uh, we're doing it, folks. We're surviving. Uh, hey, if anyone's on the West Side, I got a show coming up June 8th, West Side Comedy. Uh, it's a new show I'm producing monthly. Last month, they had Zach Galifianakis headline, Ali Wong. They always have amazing Dimitri Martin. There's always a really great... Uh, a lineup there. It's a new show that I'm producing on the West Side, Santa Monica, California. I'm going to be in New York and Rhode Island end of July. I don't have any dates yet, but I'm going to be doing shows there, maybe Boston. So um, if you want you know, tickets or whatever, let me know. Uh, spread the love. Again, you guys have really been... It's been great getting to know you. So the more, the more strangers out there, send me a message. Here's what I want to know from you. Where do you live? I want to know what do you do Tell me about your life. Tell me about your your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I want to know your SWOT analysis. Um, is that sexual? Yeah, ladies, send me your SWOT analysis. And, um, and uh, send me photos of your boobs. Uh, I mean, did I say that out loud? Sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, say, say hello. Uh, let's build a conversation here, folks. Love you guys. Thanks for being a part of this. Don't be a prisoner of the past.